And so it begins. That's canon. That's canon. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of That's Canon here on FranklinArmstrong.com. Hopefully, you guys have had a, a wonderful little uh, little time away from us. Or if anything, you're listening to these all in order. Like That'd you're like nice. binging, which That'd would be, be nice. awesome. Yeah, I hope you nice. have been binging. Uh, my name is Brian Doc Holiday. I'm the one of the hosts of That's Canon, and I am uh, one of the co-founders of FranklinArmstrong.com, as well as one of the hosts of the first podcast from that site, which is Geektastic Cipher. Hopefully, you guys are also checking that one out. And to my left is the good man himself. I'll let you introduce yourself, man. It's all David Cozio all, all day, all every day. That sounds so so, so n narcissistic. I, I can't even get out of that. I can't even go back. Um, but no, uh, co-writer uh, and colorist for uh, Trinity, uh, pr produced by Squared Idea. Uh, that is www.squaredidea. Sorry, <coughs> excuse me. I can't. I can't talk today. Uh, it's www.squared-idea.com. There you go. Took what three times? Um, but Third yeah, time's a charm, as yeah, they that's say. That's how it goes. Um, which is a nice uh, Montreal-based company founded by Chris Nicholson and Mike Wilcox for uh, striving and, and up, up and coming artists. They're trying to give people a chance to develop amazing content. So if yes. you guys are writers, artists, uh, if you just have an idea and you're looking for someone to co-create with, you can always hit them up squared-idea.com and uh, look up their information their contact info is on there if i'm not mistaken yeah it's all on the site yeah, it's all yeah. on the site it's all on the site you can also visit us on facebook we also have an instagram yeah as yes. well yes and you can always t tap onto us as well through via patreon which is another great way to visit uh nice independent artists that are yep. also coming up support your local artists and by local we mean wherever you are in their local or support local artists if they're abroad yeah but just, just support artists yeah just that's support true artists that's fair just you see something Except you like, Taylor pick Swift. it up. Yeah, there <laughs> <laughs> and we lost all the viewers. <laughs> oh, man. I would hope that the people that are listening to this aren't offended if I say, and we drop Taylor Swift. Because I feel like some of the things I'm going to say about pop culture sometimes are going to tick y'all off. Well, we also, we also remember my whole uh, Doctor Who fiasco last time. Yes, yes. Yes. You're lucky that my <laughs> partner did not come in and start stabbing at you yeah. with her. Because uh, she, she has the... Um, Sonic screwdriver. Oh, no. She has a sonic screwdriver. She's like, get out this podcast over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So we're here this week. We are doing this episode. This is episode four, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, episode mm -hmm. four of uh, That's Canon. And we are going to be discussing Red Hood and the Outlaws 2016 run, which uh, the first run of the comic was The Dark Trinity. I guess uh, we could well, call. Well, that, that's what the, the story arc is, and it's very it's appropriate if you look at the, the well the first cover you see, what you would imagine is the dark mirror of Trinity. Trinity being well DC's Trinity, I should say, because not to confuse our readers there or listeners, I should say, but um, DC's Trinity would be Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Yes. You get on the first cover, and you see bizarro who's obviously the dark version of Su uh, superman yeah. red hood who again you could claim is the dark version of batman there's probably darker versions of it and people could argue maybe there's some Owlman, villains maybe yeah exactly yeah, yeah i see what you're saying but it's like you know it is that who is the closest good version of yeah. the dark yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, the the not wanting to destroy the yeah, world yeah, 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 yeah. dark version of batman <laughs> yeah yeah 
And then you have Artemides, who is just well, I mean Artemis. Artemis, sorry. Yeah. Um, her her story is actually very interesting. I mean, I found it interesting because I'm a huge fan of Greek mythology, which mm. made which has always made me a big fan of Wonder Woman, and the fact that Artemis, this Artemis, is Greek, but raised with Egyptian mm. through Egyptian gods was very interesting. I found yeah. that very interesting. Um, and yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, that whole dark trinity, um, you know, which has been done already. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, You're, you already have so much disdain. Oh, like man, I have so the many... cynical smile that I, I was welcome to when I walked into this place today is not... <laughs> I just, I have so many comments. So, you know what? I'm going to let you do the elevator pitch first this time because oh. I know if I do it, it's just going to be me <laughs> insulting it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I guess I'll, I'll read the, the general blurb. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, when a shocking encounter with Batman solidifies the Red Hood's status as a villain, Jason Todd becomes deep undercover to take down Gotham City's criminal underworld from the inside. Along the way, Jason meets two unlikely allies, a disgraced Amazon warrior named Artemis and a baked Superman clone called Half Bizarre. Baked. Half baked, sorry, I couldn't help but laugh on that one. And the DCU's Dark Trinity is born. <laughs> yes. Which I, 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 apparently there's another one. I, I'm not uh, familiar about the other Dark Trinity, although, you oh, know, uh, there's been reincarnations of this probably. Uh, uh, 20 oh, times over. I mean, the Crime Syndicate of America has the kind of a dark trinity, but they're also in a different universe. Oh, but that doesn't count. You're not. No, yet. I'm talking about the Dark Avengers. That's my thing. You I'm think which, this is the Dark Avengers? You're going to compare this? Okay. This that, is, I think that's part of the review process. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk that's about why, the that's, story. That's, right? why, that's why I told you. I was just like, <laughs> don't right. let me do the elevator all picture. Right, right. So, so basically, if we're just going to go into this. Um, Jason Todd. Uh, but this as, is your elevator pitch. Uh, this is it. This is it. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. So Jason Todd. Uh, you know, he is the, the anti-Batman ever since he's been brought out of the Lazarus pit. Uh, he's been no shame of killing people when need be. Uh, realizes, as always, you know, I don't like how Batman's running the, uh, Gotham City. I'm going to do anything I need to, whether it's killing, fake killing people, or just figuring out the, the bad way of solving a problem. He's there to do it. Uh, he eventually recruits uh, Artemis and Bizarre along the way. However, they're way of becoming a team is not necessarily the most unique way. It's a bunch of people being very individualistic. Uh, one person going after the bow of raw, uh, the bow of raw, which is an ancient weapon of destruction. One person who was actually just in a, in a test tube, a big, <laughs> big test tube until he was finally awoken and Jason being t thrown in the middle while he's just trying to take down black mask. Yeah. Like major more, player, more, yeah, major villain. player in yeah, the Gotham uh, landscape. Yeah. Underworld. Underworld. That was saying. the word I was looking for. I was going to be like power, most powerful crime lord that yeah, the, yeah. At, at the current moment in time. And it's just how uh, they're trying to take them down and to see how uh, if these three unlikely allies will uh, be able to mesh and be a team. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. Like I, I feel like you're going like, to eat this out. No, no, no. <laughs> my elevator pitch would be we're going to take, okay, how can we tell a Trinity story Without the tr the three main Trinity characters, okay, where do we get the best knockoffs? So for Superman, we have an actual knockoff, Bizarro. For Wonder Woman, we have a pretty good knockoff, this Artemis chick. And for Batman, yeah, I guess we could throw in Red Hood. Why not? Because we've already done Nightwing and his team version of this. And let's just do it with Red Hood now because he's the second Robin. So let's do a second time with him. Oh, but I wouldn't say it's like that. This hey, 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 my elevator yeah. pitch. 
All right, so I'm in the elevator, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, let's take Superman's flip and Wonder Woman's flip and Batman's not even a flip, but the closest thing we have to a Batman that people might be interested in and who we used recently anyways. <laughs> and let's make this Dark Trinity work. Ding! Oh, we're all getting off the elevator. No one liked my idea? Okay, well, let's just do it anyways. There, that's why. <laughs> so much disdain. I didn't realize there was going to be so much anger coming. It's you. not even anger. <laughs> I know. It's I know, just I know. legit disappointment. Uh, writers Scott Labdell Le- Le- and artist Dexter Soy uh, create uh, a story that centers on Jason Todd as the, as you said, anti-Batman in, in this uh, kind of focal point. That one of the things that you can see for the main first cover is you do get your Dark Trinity, but once again in the shadow of Batman, something that I felt was very telling of the mentality that uh, Lobdell took when he was writing this. That they're no matter what they do, they're in Gotham and they're always going to be under the the the, the cowl and the veil of Batman as his city, which is very interesting because it is addressed. It is addressed at the end of the arc specifically. Something we'll get into a little bit later. Mm. But yeah, I mean that's the that's pretty much the pitch. That's pretty much where you start off and how you would pitch it to people. And I don't feel bad saying that. I mean, I'm going to be bluntly honest. I didn't like this one, so it's going to be very interesting for me because usually I like when I read things. And it's not that I had to. I didn't drudge through this. It wasn't hard to read. The read was good. I'd say the read was pretty. But pretty I solid. didn't like the story. So that's what we're going to be getting into. But we're going to get into that right after this. Our next segment is Best Fave Worse. You guys have heard it here before. BFW. BFW. Uh, it's one of our favorites because we get to tell you who we think is the best, our favorite, and the worst. This week, we're keeping in the theme of the Bat Family. So this week, we're going to be doing the Bat Family. Uh, so the best, fave, and worst Bat Family members. Yes. Do you want to take first shot or do you, um, you want me to take it? Yeah. I mean, I could take first stab. Go, go For ahead. me, the best... Bat family. So th- remember, this is Bat family. So anyone other than Batman, mm. uh, all Bat affiliates, all Bat Incorporated, are are available because they're all part of the Bat extended family, um, which is what you were saying yesterday, right? Yeah, you yeah, that, to, yeah. yeah. A- anyone who I would say anyone who's been an official ally, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for best Batman, I'm gonna. I I mean, I'm sticking classic. I think I really do think he was the best, Dick Grayson, mm-hmm. Nightwing. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think that the fact. When Batman dies a couple years ago and Dick puts on the cowl and Damien becomes his Robin was one of the most interesting Batman and Robin stories. Mm. And Dick as Batman was really good. He actually was really good at it. Yeah, he was. One of the things that everyone always said is just like people could tell it wasn't Bruce, which was cool. They were just like, oh, you're not him. You're not the same guy. There's something about you. Oh, you're polite. <laughs> you're kind of you're kind of a nice guy. Like I think uh, one of my favorite moments was when Gordon has his first interaction with him, and he's just like, "You're not the same guy." And then at the end of the conversation, I think, I think is is it maybe I don't know if Damien's there, but someone disappears, but but Dick is still there. Yeah, and yeah. Gordon's just like, "Oh, you're still here," and he's just like, "Yeah." What? <laughs> like he doesn't realize? Yeah, like I'm supposed to. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to I, do the cool exodus yeah, right now. <laughs> I'm supposed to wait till you turn your back and disappear. What? No. I, and it's funny enough because eventually, I mean, they did that in Justice League. They took that yeah, and true. ran with it. They, instead of uh, Dick Grayson as Batman, they did it with the the Flash. He's just yeah. like, well, he's oh, was I supposed? Okay, so I like that. Mm. Uh, my favorite Bat Family member. Now this one's really hard because I have to. I have to think of everyone and anyone who's ever been a member 
and it gets really difficult for me because I want it. I like Damien. Damien is one of my favorites because I feel like he's the best trained, the most arrogant, but he's arrogant because he is that good. You don't mm-hmm. often get arrogance that can be backed up. Okay. Uh, I mean, the recent story where there's a recent story where Damien is being held captive by Slade, if I'm not mistaken. And someone's telling Batman, like, don't we have to go save him? And he's just like, nah, he's okay. And I keep, and I'm like, what? Why, why is he not giving a fuck about this kid? <laughs> like, why do you not care that this kid is like in a bad way? And like, and and Damien is in a tank and it's filling with water and it's like he's like chained and and I'm like, yo, bats, this is getting really bad, <laughs> and still nothing. Still, but every time they show Batman, he's just working on other stuff and Damien <laughs> is slowly drowning. And then, I think I guess they get the information they need and Damien goes up to the side of the tank, bangs his head on the tank, his hair like a piece of his hair comes off. And it's like circuitry, and it's like a kit, and he has a, a a lock picking kit, and he picks and he gets out of the tank and like blows up the, and the whole time, the whole time, I was like, what kind of father are you, Bruce? You're gonna let your son die? What the hell? And I'm like, he's letting him learn from his mistakes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was that's the thing. In the end, not even a mistake fully planned they wanted him to get caught they wanted him to be able to get like information and 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 at the end of the comic i was just like good god man you would risk your child and that's when it dawned on me it's not a risk to him he realizes that damien is so good he doesn't have to worry about him and even after jason todd died even after tim drake died usually batman who usually you would think someone would be like well, I got to protect my own son who's a Robin. But no, it's not even like that. He doesn't it's not that he doesn't care. He's just like, yeah, he's got it. And that I'm going to go back to saving the city. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what makes him my favorite. The fact that Damien is essentially all the things that Batman always wanted in a Robin, but just with the edge of a sociopath <laughs> makes him my favorite Bat family member because he's completely insane. And you love him for it. He's a rude, <laughs> arrogant, amazing kid with the skills that could challenge anyone. And and he doesn't care. He doesn't care. And that's why I love him for him. And then the worst for me was Azrael. Azrael okay. Jean, Jean-Paul, I think. Yeah. Um, so Jean-Paul, the reason I dislike Jean-Paul is because I think, I mean, he he's unstable. One of the mm-hmm. aspects of his story is that he was brainwashed, right? Early yeah. on. Yeah. But even at his most stable, I don't find him to be an interesting character. Okay. I don't find that he brings much to the table in regards to storytelling. I mean, I feel like the other Bat family members have a stronger background and, and more that they can dedicate and build on. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Azrael, who they kind of just use. Azrael, to me, comes across as someone making fun of Moon Knight in the Bat universe. <laughs> That's what it comes across as. It comes across as... We have Batman, then someone made Moon Knight, and then someone said, oh, let's make fun of Moon Knight. And then they made Azrael, who wears a similar cloak and has mental instability. And, like, there's so many little... There's a lot of nuances that you can tie from one to the other. Yeah, like, there's the little things. Because, I mean, it's not like Deathstroke and Deadpool are actually very similar. 
they're they that's look an argument for another they day. look the same they, they, they are based that see that's 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 i disagree with that because that's like that's like they the same same coin but different side of the coin and that's why i'm saying if you were to take moon knight and make his delusion religious as opposed to egyptian myth hmm. do you not get jean paul would you i I've agreed th- but then but if you're going to compare with that's Dead, what I'm saying. Deathstroke like, and Deadpool. If you're saying but one's two, insane, so, one's not. That's, you could say the same thing. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. One, yeah. That, uh, I mean, I would say Deathstroke's insane. Deathstroke is I mean, a sociopath who can control his narcissism. Deadpool, that's what makes him not insane. That just makes him a crazy person. There's a di- like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. There, he's not, and that's the thing. He's not so, insane. Yeah. <laughs> and then Deadpool is completely insane. Yeah. Exactly. Moon Knight is almost. It's pretty much insane. Yeah. And John Paul is pretty much insane mm, that's fair uh, it's that's just fair. Like, their delusions come from different places that's fair i thought i think deathstroke's insane but you know that's just me mm-hmm. but yeah so that's why like for me jean paul was you know the worst okay. sorry sorry so nightwing robin damien and uh asriel jean paul there right. you go my best fave worst uh for my best favorite this is really hard for me because i'm 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 if anyone knows me you know, it's Deadpool and Batman. That's 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 really my shtick. So, uh, I would say best is actually a combination of, of two people. Okay. Uh, one is I, I completely agree with you for for Grayson. Yeah. Uh, Grayson, you know, he's taken up the mantle. He's put Batman in his place. Mm. Clearly, if he was never alive, Batman probably would have done something really stupid and killed himself by now. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I Aww. think he's. I think out of all the Robins. And, you know, regardless of, you know, Damien being his son and whatnot, yeah. he's definitely the biggest anchor he's ever had yes, in his life. He and has I, grounded him. Yes. And if he never had that, who knows if he could even have had Damien in his life, would have accepted Damien in his life. Because, like, you know, Dick is really the first child he's ever had. Yeah. Um, so with all that being said, and, you know, and Dick, you know, again, picks up the pieces when he's not around. With that being said, there's only one other person I could say is the exact same, probably even maybe goes a little farther, which is Alfred. Yeah. Uh, Alfred, and you know, and I say that because everyone's like, oh, he's the butler, but he's so much more than the butler. He's an actor. He's He's been in, um, in the army as a med tech. Yeah. He's he's pretended to be Batman so Bruce can be in two places at once. Uh, he's covered for him every single step of the way. He's covered for him for every single time. Someone's like, why is Bruce being a dick to me? <laughs> like, you know, why is he doing this? Yeah. It's always Alfred who will go to the yeah. Robin or to the person and be like, look, there's a bigger thing at play yeah. here. You can't see it's just him. He's lost a hand for Batman. Yeah. The one that told them that Bats was getting engaged to Catwoman. Yeah. You know, he he's the, he's Sat the one. all the boys down. Yeah. He's, he's the person that Batman, I would say he's the person that Batman trusts the most. Yeah. Uh, there's even a crazy, um, they even suggest that Alfred was the Joker. Oh, yes. I've like, heard that he one. He pretends yes. and he's like, oh, he was so yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's not fan I, fiction. That, yeah, yeah, that's like an alternate reality. Yeah, story. exactly. And yeah. he and he's like, oh, well, you know, if he needs to be normal for him to be normal, I'll become crazy. Yeah. And so with that, I'd have to say a tie between Dick and, and uh, Alfred just at that. Yeah. It's hard to take away the two. And again, kind of torn for my favorite. Uh, I would say definitely my favorite without thinking much would actually be Red Hood. Oh. I, I like the controversy. I like how it's. The complete opposite, mm. which is another reason why I was actually going to say my actually second favorite or tie for favorite would actually be Damien. Because the cool thing about um, when Batman and uh, well Bruce, I should say Batman, uh, when Bruce and Damien start finally doing the training for him to become Robin, uh, it's actually the opposite. And he acknowledges like, you know, for a change, I don't have to train you as a combat as yeah, yeah, yeah. spy or anything. I have to train you to be a good person. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that's really true because Damien... Yeah. 
he was brutally kills the... people all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's raised by the uh, League of Assassins. Yeah. And Resh, Resh Al Ghul and Tali Al Ghul obviously had a big influence. So yeah. I find the those two characters, the way they naturally conflict with Batman, make me my favorite. Uh, the worst, I would say it's spoiler for me right now. She's a girl who's on the... Stephanie Brown. Yeah, she's yeah. Uh, on the uh, Man, Batman it's... detective team. Yeah, she's she's actually in third place for my one of my favorites. Uh, I, I'm not a fan. I find that she's a, a whiny little bitch. I'm not going to lie. If, uh, when when Tim if, dies, if like, her reaction... she's to get the nod from Batman, though, that, to me, seems like... That's, that's my only thing. She mm. I, And I would agree with you if Batman himself never co-signed her. I would say that, but like, you know, Batman's make mistakes before and he's yeah, made a mistake true. now, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Um, you know, uh, Tim dies and what happens right away? Not only does she like piss on his parade, but she helps the bad guys. I forget who it is. It was like some type of, uh, you know, Tim dies or is, it looks like he dies. He's really taken away by someone else. I believe it's actually Jor-El because it, it's a whole... Actually, no, sorry, not Jor-El. I, I, I'm mixing some up weird the good story. He, yeah, I, I didn't get to finish the story arc, but I know he's extracted... <laughs> And put somewhere else, and like she's like right away, like, Oh, you didn't love us, you didn't care for us, Bruce, you let Tim die. And you're just sitting there, and you're like, Bitch, like, he's had like so many fucking Robins, and like, you know what? It he does not, he they doesn't both. like when they die. <laughs> he's gone out of his way, he didn't want to make this team rich. Someone else made this team because he didn't want it anymore because yeah. his dot Robins kept dying. Because you know, it's part of the job that it's a very dangerous thing, and she doesn't care. And then she not only gets ventral about it she puts the entire team in danger and the the people who were destroying the uh cd at the time they had a like a plague or disease type background i forget the the exact characters mm. but she basically helps them and you turn around you're like so someone dies and your like result is i'm going to kill a lot more people just to get vengeance you shouldn't be on the team yeah you, you, i mean that's that's my opinion yeah you're saying the same thing <laughs> i said for Azrael when it comes down to it i guess if anything when it comes down to it it's the characters who look like they're going out of their way to be angry and vengeful as yeah. opposed to like batman's whole thing is vengeance but like when you're you're doing it for what seems like the wrong reasons and yeah. Azrael's whole thing was he be like when he took over for Batman in that short time after Nightfall is just like, yeah, you're a little crazy. Like mm. your vengeance style is over the top. And I get, I mean, I didn't read these stories, but if you're telling me that's what spoiler becomes, which sucks because I think Stephanie Brown is an amazing character. Well, I think she tries to bounce back at one point, but at one point she's like, yes, I tried to do this, and she goes up to Batman like, screw you, and you're like, you're just there like. So, but the, okay. So w once again, though, does this new continuity consist of the history, the past, where she became Robin for a short period of time? I believe and, so. Okay, like okay, it okay. has all that. It's and it, she went back to spoil. Yeah, because, because she starts out as a crook. Yeah, no, she yeah, does. Right. Yeah. It's, it's 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 after all that. You know, uh, they end up making a team with uh, Batwoman. Okay. Uh, Clayface. Catherine. Oh yeah. Uh, Tim's in the group yeah. at the beginning. Her and uh, another person I can't remember her name at the. It's another ninja of sorts, but not the Cassandra Kane one. I'm not sure. Okay, well, anyways, but anyways, for the, but the point of the matter is, you know, shit hits the fan and bad things happen, and it's like, oh, so your lover dies, and now all of a sudden you yeah. have the right to like put everyone else in danger because you're having like you know, yeah, that's one know, thing. A moody moment, you know, and they know you're wrong. I mean, you know, you're sad that someone's dying, but like at the same yeah. time, so like I'm gonna kill everyone. No, that's one no. thing about comic books that the the kind of this heavy emphasis on love being such a big decision maker yeah. sometimes is pushed too far yeah and frankly like if you're going to be on the batman team yeah you gotta get 
much thicker skin. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. if you don't think there's gonna be blood being spoiled, yeah, yeah, you, you gotta you, remove you, yourself. You spoiled yourself spoiling it out. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's me. That's, that's me. fair. That's, that's fair. Yeah. So if you guys have opinions on this, you can always hit us up on Twitter at a strong Franklin, uh, or you can go to the website, leave a comment on the website in the episode when it's posted. Any which way you want to get in contact with us, you know, even check out our sites, look up our contact informa- our information. And if you have opinions on this, uh, I mean, let Share. us know. What are your Share. thoughts? Who are you? Who's your best favorite and worst Bat family member? Or if you want, make suggestions for us to talk about. Yeah, Anytime. yeah, that too. That Anytime. too. Let us know. Give us ideas. Ideas, feedback at all. So we're going to go into our next segment, ladies and gentlemen, the review. This is where we review the full overarching story. Uh, In this one, we're going to be reviewing the six-issue run of the Dark Trinity introduction in Red Hood and the Outlaws. So... Mm. Right, do you well, want me to start? I, I don't know. You're the one who's salivating <laughs> at the gums, bro. I'm just going to say I liked it. <laughs> it was a nice. It was nice. I'll let you. Say it, I'll just say this before we get into the details. It was a nice, simple read. Yes. The art was great. Yes. Yes. Uh, Dexter Stoy, two points, homie. One thing I will say, uh, which is something that I, for like the other training, they they always have like deep stories with a lot of talking. Yeah. The guns are doing the talking. Yeah, a lot I, of like, action. A lot of action, and the action tells a lot of the story and I, i'm always more prone to that i'm always i like okay. the pictures worth of a thousand words uh, i prefer that a lot more than anything else okay so i think it was really good in that regard um and i also like that they actually uh, kind of clarified the whole black mask thing because like if i remember correctly in continuity there's actually two black masks yeah uh, uh mr sionis and i forget who the other person was and one was just a guy who liked black masks and was like, or got like burnt or singed and had to have this black mask. And the other guy was actually someone who had a certain degree of like telekinetic abilities. Mm. And they kind of merged those two stories just to be like, you know what? We only need one black mask. We yeah. don't make this any complicated. And they kind of like tie that out. That I really like with this whole like organic virus thing. Yeah. 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 Um, I also, one thing that it was a l- interesting was I, I liked how uh, you really found red hood's mental place in regards to Mm. batman yeah like you know he's like i I don't want to do things your way but i also agree that now now that i've gotten over that i died and you didn't come to save me uh maybe killing's not always the answer but i will still kill if i need to yeah uh i like that and i like that he at one point says i am not going to be the person you wanted me to be i'm going to be the person that you need me to be yeah to be like a another like balancing weight in uh, bruce's life let's say yeah because it's kind of the way the dc universe is set up everyone's always comparing how superman and batman are light and dark but then you know it's varying degrees so if let's say light is complete left and dark is complete right then you know batman is like i don't know nine tenths of the way to dark yeah He's not actually all the way in the darkness. No, like, but 10's black, right? So yeah. he's like 9, 9.5. <laughs> yeah. He's and very then close. Red Hood is 9.7. Yeah. Uh, would you say that? Yeah, he's not 10. Because no, 10 say- would be going in with guns and just popping people's heads and walking away and being like, uh, I've done true. my justice. That's true. That's true. And I, But he's definitely more inclined to harm someone. He's definitely more inclined to harm someone than I would say Batman is. Definitely, definitely. And, and, and that's why I would say Batman, if Batman is the, like, 9.5, then 
then Red Hood is like nine point seven. He would well, he's willing to go further. Then I would say further. nine and nine point five. Then I'd say back, sure. Whichever. You know, just, just, I'm just saying he's going. He's willing to go further. You yes, could, yes. We could say nine point one, nine point two. Either way, I'm just saying the Red Hood's decisions are based more in, you know, it's not an eye for an eye. It's a you did wrong, and I I can't risk you being out there to continue what you're doing. Mm. So I, I'm willing to do what it takes to stop you. Yeah. And he references the fact that Batman actually does something similar. Batman doesn't kill, but he also won't help you if you're in peril. Yeah. And he, and he addresses that yeah. at one point. He, and, and, he, and I think that's... He played by his rules, so yeah. to speak. And, and, and I like that reference. Like, those are the things... That, I'll tell you what I liked about it. I like that the Red Hood does legit play by... And he, and it, he does it almost sarcastically. He plays by batman's rules to a t in the sense that it's just like that loophole at the end where s- someone's about to die and the red hood's just like i ain't gonna kill you but i ain't gonna save you either. yeah and, and that's it and, and that's a direct it, thing from the movie exactly too, right? like that's the thing batman won't kill you he won't put the bullet through your head but he'll you know He'll let something happen. Oh, if, if he, basically, if you're running into a sword that he's holding because he's holding <laughs> I, it. I don't know if you go that far. <laughs> like, but, that's what you're trying to say? Okay. The best analogy we could give, hanging from a cliff. Okay, yeah. He won't pull you up. No, he's, he's not going to good sun you. Yeah. You're, you're Macaulay Culkin. You're falling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he'll walk away and he'll just be like, you know, if kind of like if the if the universe decides you get to live, you live. Yeah. That the kind of that weird, funny enough, that Batman who doesn't come across as very spiritual as a no. character, kind of sees the karmic balance taking care of things in that in those types of Which moments. Which would be actually a really good t- comparison to all the times Joker almost died. Yeah, how you like he never saves Joker, but then no, like Joker yeah. falls or whatever, and then still somehow comes back. Oh my god, that's a whole other. <laughs> God, um, Joker. But yeah, so oh. that so and, and Artemis, I like Artemis because like yeah. uh, like I said in the past, I've said to you, I don't know if I've mentioned on this show, but I've mentioned on Geek Tastic Cypher, I'm a big fan of mythologies. Okay. Greek, classic, Roman, um, Native American, Norse, Egyptian. I love all those mythologies. I, I, I have di- dictionaries, encyclopedias, and everything on that stuff. So anytime you're gonna bring in a character, Artemis, who is an Amazon who is linked to that. I'm going to find it interesting. Hmm. The fact that she's in a, a Greek named character, Amazon, which is Greek mythology, linked to the Egyptian gods, even more interesting. Yeah. Which that's actually a lot more interesting because they go into really like in the next story arc, because uh, we're only going to go up to issue six. Yeah. The next story arc is actually all that. Yeah. Yeah. So I if, figured. You, if you like that stuff, it's actually really interesting and they really explain why she's displaced. Yeah. I mean, if really the nice. writer was better, maybe I would continue. No. <laughs> no. Um, I will also say one thing, though. I really liked how, I like how they became a team. Yeah. I mean, this was a better story than how uh, the Justice League became a team. Yeah. Because the Justice League kind of just became a team. It's just like, oh, it's out of necessity. These guys became a team not out of necessity. They came. They became a team because the moment called for it, and they just they they don't like each other, but respect each other enough to know, you know, we should be a team in this moment. Yeah, but more like out of out of circumstance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But and one thing with that is that I actually liked how um, Bizarro was very compared to uh, the Red Hood. Uh, they did um, story arcs. Uh, well, sorry, the, in the issue I believe four. Okay. When he's like basically be befriending him, almost becoming like a, oh yeah, yeah. like an older brother to him or whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's a 
a reflection of the in the water of like when oh sorry there's like about three four pages where there's just a reflection of what's going on to uh, Bizarro and what happened to Jason when he turned uh, yes, when he died yes yes in the in the Lazarus pit exactly and, yeah, and yeah. I thought that was actually really nice I believe it was in issue four yeah because Jason's was, essentially trying to say that like I I understand what yeah. he's going through right now where he's just like you know I I'm I've gone through it. Yeah. Yeah. Issue three or four, one of them. I don't yeah. remember. And it's 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 just really nice because there's a, there's this one point at uh, one point where Jason's actually trying to hold up Bizarro because he's like at a weakened state, and then in the in the body of water that's beside them, you see uh, when Talia Al Ghul was holding Jason yeah. when he was yeah, yeah getting yeah. taken out of the Lazarus pit, and I I, I like those types of comparisons. I, I'm I'm old school like that and classic uh, storytelling. That's what I like. So yeah, I mean the. All that stuff was good, and the writer did take advantage of the st- like those aspects of the story that he could really, really use people's histories to correlate connections and move it forward. Mm. Great, but, but. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. So I'm, I'm just gonna go silent for a minute. And no, but, Ryan take so over. my 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 one thing about this is so Red Hood. The whole story starts with Red Hood fighting Batman to save the mayor he makes it he sets it up so he looks like he's attacking the mayor and then hits the mayor with some cure because the mayor was being controlled by black mask Mm -hmm. and he fights batman and 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 the thing that i like the most about that moment is the way he fights batman is he knows he can't beat him but he can outthink him Mm. in some moments yeah because usually you can't outthink Batman. The whole point is Batman is what the second smartest man in DC universe, only to Lex. Something like that. Uh, as well, 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 as like a human, as like not super. Yeah, smart. Yeah, 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 yeah. On Earth, within the constructs of you know being human, yeah. being human, we we find out in I think the Doomsday Clock story li- story arc that the two smartest men in the DC universe are Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne. Mm. Like, I, I'm which I'm fine with. So the fact that Red Red Hood knew he wasn't going to be able to beat him, but he just needed to outthink him for one second, which is what he does, and then beats Batman. I thought was great. But the fact that the Red Hood, throughout the entire story, is wearing a big old red Batman sigil on his chest, and that we're all supposed to just sit there and think. Yeah, this is uh this is an interesting story. Like, you know, so you're going to go into a crime family, crime organization dressed as a Batman affiliated character and then run around in this crime syndicate with the Batman sigil on your chest. And for 3 issues no one mentions it <laughs> for three issues for three issues no one says once hey boss this kid's got a batman symbol on his chest don't you think we should maybe ask him about that <laughs> three issues three people every time i was reading this comic and jason is, uh, red hood is interacting with the black mask i'm thinking He's wearing your enemy's logo on his chest. Why aren't you asking him about it? And then when in the issue where Jason Todd is fighting Artemis and, you know, Black Mask is on 
It's like a general in an old movie. He's on the top of the hill looking down at his soldier. And he sees his soldier go in. And he's fighting. And he's like, that's my boy. And he's watching him fight Artemis. And Artemis is just like, hey, man, you're like pulling your punches. And like right now you're shielding my body with your body. Are they not noticing? Is it that bad of a viewpoint that they haven't figured out you're not on their side? Artemis, who... I mean, because I don't know much about her so far in the story, so I, I can't really say how intelligent she is, but she doesn't seem like the brightest bulb in, you know, <laughs> the, she doesn't seem like the brightest bulb. She seems like a great warrior, strategic, but when it comes down to, like, intelligence, she's kind of more brute force than great mind. Agreed, but like she she picks up pretty quickly that there's something fishy, right? But, but that's what I'm but saying. She doesn't know what it is. It's not her she job to know what it is. Is it the smartest one? <laughs> figures it out immediately. Yeah, but let's. But Whereas first, Black Mask seems like a complete an idiot and is just standing there like, "That's my boy, fighting for daddy." Like what? The but he's not like that. In the sixth issue, he actually says he or no, like, any of the fifth. Whichever yeah, one. Yeah, you find out that the whole time, I was playing you. I needed that cure you gave the mayor. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing, though. He's thinking five steps ahead. Yeah, okay, but so here's like, the thing. Is, are you going to condemn any guy who's like... Gonna I'm going to condemn... people? Like, no, that happens no, no, all no, the time. See, rewind. <laughs> Batman is the second smartest in the universe, and Jason outthought Batman for a split second, and now Black, Black Mask was outthinking Jason... The entire six but issues? You, but you find out, though, he actually says that Batman's the one who hired him to do it. So for all you know, that one moment in time when he's having, like, that moment in... Because you're 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 you're, sure. you're you're trying to uh, adhere to the reader, right? Why would this happen? He's having a thought. Mm-hmm. Then you find out afterwards, like, no, they're working together. So, yeah. so for all you know, just like how Jason was not pulling all the punches on Ar- uh, he might have, Artemis. Artemis. He might have been pulling Batman the punches. Batman would have been doing sure. the same thing. Perfectly so then, fine. Then, so Let's remove that from the so equation. Then go for it. Uh, I'm going to de- depict this whole thing. <laughs> Trust me, you're not. Because even by then, let's look. so we're going to take the history of Jason Todd then. Go for it. Jason Todd is a character, Lazarus Pitt, well-trained, yeah. trained by Batman, one of the best. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Doesn't have to be as smart as Batman. Okay. But smarter than the Black Mask. Thank you. That, okay. that I, I agree. I agree. Smart in the black mask. However, so however the, no, 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 you, oh, no, no. I wasn't finished. I, I just needed to agree to that statement. He's smarter than the black mask. Yes or no? In the grand scheme of the DC universe, anyone who's been trained by Batman, Batman who sees intelligence in people, he doesn't bring stupid people into his group. Like you said, even Spoiler, who was brought in, wasn't brought in because he wanted her. She had to beg him for months and was only brought in because of Tim Drake. So Batman recognizes intelligence and only works with people he thinks have a certain level of intelligence that he can work with. But there's a difference between having intelligence and, and being, having... and ha- Wait, wait. There's yeah. a difference between having intelligence... Mm-hmm. And having all the cards. If you're playing a game, you only have half the cards. You can only play so smart, regardless of how intelligent you are. It's not half if, the cards. You're, you're running if, around with Batman's logo on your chest, fighting a guy who already knows but, you're. But, fucking- but the things he knew, he knew right away off the. Let's put it this way. Yes. So, Black Mask knows his plan. Yeah. He knows everything that's going on. He yeah. knows that the mirror gets cured. It's obvious that he was able to decipher. Okay. That when Robin shot the mayor, Jason he gave. Thought, yeah. uh, sorry, Red uh, Hood. <laughs> Red Hood. Shot the mayor, you know, uh, he, fixed he, he fixed him. 
So like right off the bat, he's like, okay, well, this guy has stuff that I know that I need. And he's already said at the beginning that he's currently a collector yes. of power. Yes. He what says you're that. describing right now is everything that's proving why I think Red Hood is a fucking idiot in this. How so? He, because, ha- he even addresses that. He's like, no, I don't know what the game plan is. Because you're building the case against Red Hood for me without realizing. By all means. Well, I'm just saying that whether one is one is uh, more intelligent than the other, he addresses that he doesn't know what his game plan is. Yeah. Okay. And he doesn't have enough pieces yet to to figure it out. Red Hood doesn't. Red Hood doesn't. Yeah. What were the pieces Red Hood was missing? Go for it. Tell me. No, that's what I'm asking you because you're saying he doesn't have all the pieces. Well, he didn't know that he he didn't know that he didn't know that he was going to. Per se, control Bring a bizarre. Bizarro. Ignore that part. He thought that was just going to be a weapon. Yeah, but that's more towards the end. And, Mo- then, and then when he went to go back to his place, it was to basically get... But, okay, so in this storyline, Jason Todd sees that Black Mask has the technology to control a mind. Mm-hmm. He goes after the mayor, cures the mayor. Black Mask is now aware that Jason Todd, Red Hood, has the ability to stop what he has. Yes. So... He now needs to get that information. Black Mask trades in information and power. Cool. So now he goes after Red Hood to bring him into his team. Immediately tells him, you're like a son to me. You're my second in command. Which is where the manipulation starts, though. That's the problem. Once again, the case you're making is that Jason Todd is so weak-minded that he's that easily manipulated by Black Mask? No, but it's 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 like one of those situations where you're having two two double agents playing each other, you know? Yes, but Red Hood is a Batman-trained, level-intelligent double agent, and he's not smart enough to realize he's being played by the Black Mask? Some, like two-bit underground boss even at his most intelligent these bosses have never been able to outdo batman or most of the bat family so why is it that red hood is not that smart in this story that's what drove me crazy i have such a high regard for bat family members that reading a story where a guy is literally showing that he's batman affiliated starts working you can't for, get past it i can't because can't. for three issues it's not addressed and that makes absolutely no sense to me that you you are wearing the red batman logo <laughs> Running around and this guy and you don't find it weird that this guy made you his second in command immediately What so you guys are playing each other you don't know Jason Todd doesn't know that what's about to happen is bizarro He doesn't know he doesn't know who Artemis is she shows up thinking that the the train cart is containing the bow the bow of raw so she gets thrown into the mix he starts working with her indirectly directly just enough to survive gets knocked out then the next day when he wakes up in the morning his red hood helmet is sitting there and he's just like oh, i didn't bring any extra oh did he make one for me and puts it on not once does he question <laughs> that i agree with you i'll did he, give, did I'll he give bug the helmet one. Did he put cameras in the helmet? Is the helmet going to like electrocute me if I betray him? Nothing. There's no panels in which he checks. First of all, Batman and the whole Bat family rig their masks most of the time. Most of the time. So 
Is it that Jason doesn't rig his? Fine. He doesn't rig his. No, he does. We know he does. Exactly. <laughs> we know he does. Exactly. <laughs> There's so many things that this writer just skips over. Jason. Oh, my God. The sheer anger. Jason Todd is one of the more intelligent characters. When he first comes back as the Red Hood the first time and fights Batman, Batman is desperately trying to figure out why does this guy know so much? And it's just this amazing story of Batman feeling weak and Jason Todd being like, why didn't you avenge me? But, but you know and what? And then this I, guy. I'm so happy you actually brought that this up. This guy shows up who doesn't even think maybe my mask has been hacked. I, I can give actually a good reason as to why Black Mask is ahead of the Red Hood in this one. Oh, please do. Because... Okay. And this this is just this is trying to take a history standpoint, right? Okay. So you know I, I'm treading in thin waters. I won't lie. I won't lie, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but if we think about that story arc, the story arc you just spe specified, yeah. when Red Hood comes back, who is the person who gets screwed over in the Red Hood story arc the most? Oh damn, I don't remember who. Black Mask. Oh. Black Mask is the guy is the guy who Jason Todd goes and kills all of his. Yeah. lieutenants and is trying to take over everything right so yeah. if we think on a chronolog chronological. chronological point of view yeah. it could be that this is actually and this is actually something that i wish they would have done because it would have made it a little bit beefier yeah this could have been if they would have uh drawn this as a uh, black masks revenge on red hood yes all of this would have been actually a lot like, easier to pro process no yes yes because if he had been planning this since, since the, the beginning moment they got fucked over he got yeah i'd be like okay maybe still a maybe but an okay but this, i got so i got a tip of the hat is what you're saying yeah <laughs> I, would, I would i would like stand there and be like oh yeah tip of the hat but this version of the story in which jason doesn't seem to be thinking past his feet drove me nuts but then again jason is also uh, being a fan of jason anger he 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 can go he is the john snow of the robins yeah, you know, the bastard. That's he, fair. No, but not just that. Like one of the smartest people out there, right? Yeah. But if you do something to piss him off, all of his intelligence goes. Jon Snow. What happens? His brother dies. He starts a whole arm. He runs into. But the thing is, like, you get what I'm saying, though. Yeah, but why is Jason that mad at the Black Mask because of the because of Mama whatever? In, I well, I mean, in this, the orphanage. But, but this, I would say, is a combination of everything. Like, first of all, his obvious history. If you were to read, because this, the one thing about this specific um, story arc or um, book, I should say, is that if you so happen to have read Red Hood and the Outlaws and then Red Hood and Arsenal, which is basically the two stories arcs that Jason's doing before this happens. That's the New yeah. 52. Oh, so and you're then, talking about the 2011 Red Hood and yeah, the Outlaws. Yeah, because that's yeah. when he starts with Arsenal and he starts with Starf Starfire. Then yeah. Starfire leaves and it's just him and Arsenal. If you were to read that and know where his... And, and I'm saying that because I am someone who did read all that. I've, yeah. I've, I've followed uh, Red, uh, Red Hood for a while now. If you were to take all that and see where he is today, mm -hmm. you could tell that he's still a man, he's now a man who's frustrated. He's now a man who's alone. It is a point for Jason's, for his type of character. This yeah. is when he's starting to become that John. Uh, I, I'm only making this comparison because I really feel like they're very comparable. This is when that there's that Jon Snow and his son, his brother dies and he's all suddenly running into... Yeah. An empty battlefield because he's running alone. Yeah, yeah. You know like what I mean? It's, like, it, he, he gives up the intelligence and goes full just emotion. Yeah, and, you know, also... I just... But the thing is, I just don't get 
why Jason is full of would be full of motion here. That's Any, what I don't understand. Anytime he comes back in Gotham, you, every, whenever you see you see him, and whenever but then why he does, why would Batman use him in this story? Like these are all the sorry, these are all the parts that don't make sense to me. If what you're saying is the reason that Jason gets kind of flustered and doesn't think logically is because Gotham has that effect on him, then why the hell would Batman be like, you know what? I got a perfect mission for you. What's that? I need you to come to Gotham and work in the underground. But really? that's like, but that's arguing why does X Force exist? You know what I mean? Which X Force? Wolverine's X Force. Every X every X Force has always had the same purpose. Yeah, to handle the cases that, that the X Men won't do. Yeah, but that's same thing in this situation. Red, Ho- the Red Hood, Red Hood will do certain things that Batman won't do. Yes, and Batman but- doesn't mind for X reason or another. And this is a whole other argument. He doesn't mind turning a blind eye to that, right? Yeah, but he's turning a blind eye to the psychological issue that Jason has working in Gotham that makes him so stupid that he wears a Batman symbol and runs around in front See, of the crime boss. The thing is, I, I'm not saying it makes him stupid. I'm just saying that it makes him not do the, the think ahead. You, you, you could be running full force and still have intelligence. Sure, but he doesn't in this story. That's my point. Every part of the story If, if you're is, able to calm down and make a bizarro not kill a bunch of people and be able to diffuse the situations he's been able to do without killing people and turn somebody who would regularly destroy your entire city, if not the world, and bring them onto your side, but that's I think not it's pretty a, good. That's not necessarily intelligence. <clears throat> that's empathy. He's able to communicate with someone on their level. You don't necessarily yeah, have to be intelligent no, to, to be... Emo- to, to, to speak Once to again, Bizarre, you have to have the intelligence to be oh, able to no. figure things Funny out. Funny enough, you're making the argument for his emotions again empathic people who relate to people's emotions are able to communicate with them on that level that's what he did it's not necessarily an intelligence thing it's also a survival mode thing because bizarre would have killed him that's the thing i still think it requires a bit of intelligence it requires enough intelligence that you know booster gold could have but not necessarily Batman level intelligence. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it- I'm gonna take my head out. I'm gonna take my hat out now because first of all, I'm gonna admit that I have the bias towards Red Hood. Yeah, that's fair. But you know what? I already made the, the discussion for Booster Gold. I already proved you, Booster Gold in you another proved episode. That Booster Gold is a great character, but Booster Gold is not Batman or Bat Family level intelligence. Oh, I, when it comes I'd never to- compare that. But that's I- what I'm saying. The, the level of intelligence needed to get a Bizarro to sit down and and process the emotions he's feeling so that he doesn't destroy a city i don't see that as a necessarily intelligent move i see that as you know knowing you need to survive a bizarro is a very dangerous creature who without any anyone kind of having him assess the moment would just go wild a bizarro with no process of his environment would just start to destroy things he has no reason to care about anything he's a test tube kid that was just brought out what out two weeks ago and he's just all energy and strength and anger and confusion and so for red hood to come in and sit him down and calm him down and get him to like mellow out and say okay buddy what are we angry about i'm okay with that but i still don't think that lubdell did red hood justice that's my problem i don't think he did the character justice because i think at the end of the day the red hood is a lot more intelligent that he wrote than he wrote the character and that's what drove me crazy i feel like he took because bizarro is bizarro and he wrote bizarro very well artemis from what i understand very well but red hood comes across as I don't even understand what I was reading when I read Red Hood. That's what upset me so much. That's what made me annoyed that I like Red Hood and this wasn't Red Hood to me. But you know what? I think 
I think what you're going through is exactly something that I've wanted for a really long time, and mm. that's the actual want for a Red Hood book. Okay. Let, let, let's just and I'm, I'm and I'm like here a solo story. Like, not- I, like I'm playing devil's advocate here, uh, and I'm also playing devil's advocate because I, I love Red Hood and I yeah. find it hard to be honest, even though I. Honestly, sometimes, you know, hurting my feelings towards my characters, but... Again, no, I'm just joking about that. If anything, I'm Um, saying I love Red Hood. Oh, so do I. And I think the writer didn't do him justice. But I think one thing that sucks is when you're doing doing partner books, right? Yeah. Yes, I see. There's always going to be someone who gets cut at the knees. Yes. And are you going to cut at the knees of the person who's known more? Or are you going to give more time to the people that aren't known more? Because you got to build them to build yeah. them to make people love. And there you go. Th- th- and that's one thing you I think. I, I think that's what happened here. Mm-hmm. It's because I've been actually arguing for a while. I would like to have a Red Hood book. Only him. Yeah. Only him with like crime. Only him in the underworld. See exactly how his little brain thinks. Because like you said, he's we like we said. He has extremes, right? Yep. He could be extremely empathetic. Yep. And go in head first, or he could be the guy who sits back. Is an extremely intelligent, all, yeah. strategizes everything. He has both of those because yeah. he's been exposed to both of those, right? Yeah. He's been the guy who's like, nope, go in the front lines and you you just handle your the business because we need to think of like the strategy. And he's been in the opposite end. Mm-hmm. He's, he's had to be the general before. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I'm actually hoping that if and when this story arc is, well, this book finally ceases, if they could make a Red Hood book. Yeah. That I think that that the problem with that is Different that's the writer. real cha- real challenge. Yes. Yeah, completely agree. But th- I, I agree. You hit the nail on the head. This story is written, and they had to take Red Hood <laughs> down to balance out the Dark Trinity, and that's where I—that's where I feel it—it it, it lacks and where it messed up. I and I, you're right. You're one hundred percent right. I didn't think of it that way, but that's exactly what it was. When I'm reading this story, I'm thinking, oh, they made Bizarro because you said it last time because you've been mentioning how excited you are to cover this one. Yeah, oh, and I love this. The, yeah, the, I've read up to issue eighteen at the moment. Yeah. It's all great. And you've been saying how excited you are for us to read how well Bizarro is written. And I kept asking all these questions and you're just like, trust me, when you read it, you'll see what I mean. And Bizarro was well written. Mm. He's a, like, like I said, a confused character who actually has a good heart and has always just been taken advantage of. That's his story. Artemis, interesting character who, again, sounds like she's been taken advantage of. It sounds like people, and that's the common theme of this Dark Trinity. They all feel like they've been taken advantage of. But at the end of the day, the Red Hood is cut down. You're a right. Bit. He, he's, he's cut a little bit at the knees. Yeah. But it's just like how sometimes when you read Batman in certain books, he's yeah. not the same. Yeah, when there's bigger teams, yeah, he's yeah. not the same. Like, you know, example, even if you read uh, Batman Detective where he comes in from time to time, mm. when he interacts with um, Batwoman, Bat- yeah, yeah, it's the, Batwoman. She's Catherine Kane, yeah. Yeah. Um, several times, I'm like, I don't feel like that's Bruce. Mm. Even even in this, in issue six, at one point in time, yeah. him and Batman are having a conversation and... Was Batman, it the laugh? He breaks out into laughter. Yeah, that was weird. And he's like, you think the things I'm doing are legal? They're yeah, completely yeah. illegal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just I'm not willing to be that illegal. Yeah, I like that. I so like that like, he acknowledges, I break the law all the time. Yeah, like all the time. You think it's allowed that I could break into <laughs> yeah, places yeah, and yeah. beat the shit out of people all the <laughs> yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. No, but I don't put a bullet in them. Yeah. That's yeah, basically yeah. all he's saying. So <laughs> I think even with that, you could see like, okay, someone had to be taken back. And like, you have to have someone who's going to be... The voice. It's a, It's just like if you ever seen that show Bored to Death and Zach Galifianakis is the voice of reason out of like three friends. Yeah. It's very weird. He's still Zach Galifianakis-y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he has to be changed. That's so the that, detective one, right? Yeah. With Jason Schwartzman. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. you have to take something back so that it all works, but the character is still himself. Yeah. That's that's what I could say about yeah. this. Yeah. I agree with that. And one thing I will say, uh, I actually like 
I like the comparison of the dark, like the the dark trinity to the, the trinity. Yeah, if yeah. you will, I like that that comparison. I don't know of the other versions that you were like alluding oh, to. Oh no, but like I said, it, it was more. I, I didn't even bring it up because I felt if we're gonna stick to DC, we stick to DC. But mm. I feel like I've seen this dark trinity type angle taken before, or dark version of a major team taken before mm. i mean in in marvel they did it with the dark avengers uh, i mean those were actually just evil characters who were made to pretend to be good mm. uh, but there's also been the crime syndicate of america in the dc yeah. universe and there have been other trinity style things where people have tried to emulate the strength of you know the the light the dark and the i guess wonder woman's justice i'm not really sure yeah because wonder woman really is the balance between that like it like we were saying if if superman's the left and batman's the right wonder woman really is in the middle like you know she'll she'll kill if she has to but she you know has to only in dire straits mm. you know when she kills maxwell lord in the uh omac storyline she didn't do that lightly she did it because he was controlling superman and superman was about to kill everyone yeah so well in the, in the one about this is like is is who is the center in this group though Oh, I mean, Red Hood really is the center. Yeah, I was. I, I was. About oh, to whereas, like, who is the center in the <laughs> other Trinity? Yeah. Oh, that's a very good question. I don't know if they're if they do it. I mean, Wonder Woman to me comes across as the center because she's kind of the one that's just like boys. She doesn't actually ever say that, but you get that sense of like Wonder Woman being like that voice. Yeah. Every once in a while, like, you know, Batman, we have to do better by this. Superman, mm. we can't just be Boy Scouts every time. Mm. But in this group, the Dark Trinity, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be Red Hood. I think it's supposed to be Red Hood right now. Yeah, I see. That's the thing. I haven't read past six, and yeah. you've read further, so I'm sure yeah. they kind of. If anything, the Dark Trinity hopefully juggles it a bit. And what I actually another thing I like, and I think this will be the last my last review point. Yeah. Um, I like how there's that at least at the end of issue six, <clears throat> it looks like there is a bigger puppeteer at work. Yes. At one point, because there is a guy who's actually like getting all the snips of every yeah, and news he article. Dark Trinity, and yeah, he's just so like, like, I like this. So I'm really curious where that comes out of. Uh, I think when we were talking, I'm not sure if we we mentioned it actually on the podcast or before. You're saying it might be Lex Luthor. Yeah, you're I'm, thinking? I'm, I'm. I'm guessing Lex Luthor. I'm we, guessing we, someone who thinks they can manipulate everything. I'm not sure. Uh, and the only reason why I say no to that is the the area that he's in. Like mm-hmm. it, it's like it looks like it's a, a rundown apartment. Where the snips are and oh, all that. Oh, I mean, I, I, no, that's just a, like a yeah, thought. Like. I, I, I mean, I don't know Lex Luthor's life in the DC right now. Like the only reference they had to him at one point was that he's trying to turn the other cheek and be good. Yeah. Well, no, it's, in it's, this exact story. So, I mean, to me, the, the only reason I said Lex is because if ever there's someone who's looking to manipulate people and to try and create circumstances where someone could take on the trinity it would be lex luther okay. but i don't like i said i don't know lex's mind in this six issue arc they reference to lex being good now and how he's superman 2.0 and mm. i don't know i really more retconning of whatever universe they're doing. all right well i think that's that's fair that's that's, that's the reason i don't have anything else to discuss no, that's the whole thing that's the review next <laughs> we're going to be getting into our segment non <coughs> our segment non-canon this one is where we take characters that we feel would never really be in the gladiators pit mm. together, but mm. we bring them in yeah. into our gladiators pit. This week we have Invincible from Image Comics and Doctor Doom from Marvel versus Gladiator from Marvel, more X verse related, and Doctor Fate from DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll start with this uh, this Go one. 
I don't know. <laughs> uh, with this one, I don't know. <laughs> I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you honestly. When I because originally you would propose someone like Superman, right? For the yeah, because you know, I, I was thinking you wanted a powerhouse. I, I've always wanted to see Superman versus Gladiator. That, that's the only. Yeah, it's it. That's that. But that also feels like it's a stalemate. Yeah. So Invincible is, uh, I would say, on the same level as Superman when it comes to strength and he has one advantage he has the healing factor i mean superman throws himself to a yellow sun he'll probably heal pretty fast invincible would need some time to heal in these types of situations but invincible versus gladiator would be one beautiful king fight like god Ugh. damn uh because i the thing is in reading because i have the two compendiums for invincible uh and the third one should be coming out sometime soon fingers crossed because kirkman just finished the, the run at 144 issues but mark grayson is insanely powerful at the end like just next level powerful um and one of the advantages of his people is that when they get injured Although they can get really badly injured and they, you know, pretty much have to patch together. Once they heal, they heal strong. Like they heal stronger and they can make themselves make themselves faster. So I think that what it comes down to is more the magic. Mm. Uh, in which case, I really do think fate has an advantage over doom. Doom is exceptional when it comes to the mysticism. Yes. As much as people don't give him credit for it, Completely he actually, agree. yeah, he's actually really, really good at it. He becomes really good at it at one point. Uh, but I think fate is just better connected he's well, more in tune with it well the thing about fate uh and this is something i, I figured out uh, a little bit before uh coming here is apparently he's actually immortal yeah which i think actually kind of well tilts the the scale a bit and fate uh, the helmet is immortal no it's not no for it, my that's the thing that i was thinking too uh if you give me because i thought it was the bear of the helmet that became the new no, version of fate. It, it, literally i was going on to like this uh this dc wiki of sorts that I I've stumbled upon and it actually says without the helm Kent Nelson has only the following magical abilities immor immortality invulnerability and telekinesis without the helmet With, without the helm so I'm like interesting how is that so if that works because the thing is he has healing abilities right yeah so your guy keeps on getting and I'm sorry say your guy shouldn't say it like no, that but you have invincible who, if he keeps on getting beaten up, he's going to have to patch himself up, right? Yeah. And then you have, which, okay, maybe Dr. Doom could help a little bit on yeah. that. Yeah, because you know, he, he could, he, you he know, could... speed spell for the healing yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. But the thing but is... But he'd still have to be fighting off Gladiator and Fate at yeah, the same time. Yeah, exactly. And whereas, whereas Dr. Doom seems to... And this is... And maybe this is my lack of knowing Selfish. as much about Dr. Doom. No, no, no. But I think I know where you're going. Is that... No, but he needs to actually take time to conjure it take oh yes. he needs to he'll if he wants to figure something out he'll need to actually take the time to do it whereas dr fate his life is magic right he he yeah. he's he's snapping fingers and things are happening i was he's gonna saying say three words and things are happening whereas was, dr doom would be like i don't i was gonna say if anything though doom wouldn't help invincible because he's selfish oh that's, that's another point yeah do they get along which is always yeah. a question that we have to ask right like but in, gladiator I mean, Gladiator, I feel Gladiator would work better with Doom, uh, with Fate, sorry, than Doom would work with Invincible. And Doom is also far more selfish. He's a very, very selfish person. Because the thing is, also, Doctor Doom would maybe skip out. If he saw they were going to hit the dust, he'd be like, you know what? You guys yeah. take this guy. I'm out. And I only say that because there, he has had a history of that, <clears throat> whether you want to say it in the movies or whatever. Whereas Gladiator, he would probably be very arrogant to Doctor Fate. 
He'd be very yeah. arrogant, but if the second he was hurting and then Dr. Fate helped him, he has a very um, loyal background. So if yeah. you help me, all of a sudden, like, you're in my family. You know, yeah. that that's how Gladiator kind of is, or that's yeah, how I've I seen see him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, and plus Dr. Fate and, and Gladiator are also very competitive, oh, excessively okay. competitive, in my opinion. Well, at least Gladiator definitely Yeah, I was going to say Gladiator. I don't know More, about Dr. Fate. Dr. Fate is, is someone who does want to get to where he wants to be, though. Okay. That's what I'll give him. Whereas Doctor Doom has those qualities, but again, is also of the mind of like, I might have better things to do. Yeah. He's the type of person that's just like, leave and, you know, fight for fight another day. Exactly. Invincible, however, unfortunately is not. He's not a fight another day. He will fight literally until he's dying. That's one of the things about him in the comic book. He, he, there's a few times where he, 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 he bolts, but in the few times that he bolts, it's to protect family and stuff. But in a fight, he's notorious for just to keep going like one time literally punched through his gut holding his intestines and he was still trying to fight and that and that's why i'm actually so i'm saying my opinion i think gladiator and dr fate take it because yeah. of the things we just said yeah uh, either Doc, dr doom would either stick with it or, or leave and then invincible would keep fighting and okay sure like if the re, yeah. if the if the vulnerability sorry the regenerative process process for him was like let's say Wolverine or Deadpool styles, yeah. which it does not it's sound not, like no, what you're not. saying, or if he would be able to do a thing like going closer to the sun where that would speed it up. Yeah, because I don't know is he is his powers generated by no, any? No, he's just a, vul- okay. a Vultramite, I think is the name okay. of his people. They just naturally are. Yeah, his planet, the, the way their planet was, or at least his father's planet, because he's half. The way the planet was was they just you know. Um, there was a culling, and they called the weak. Okay, and so, only strong survived. Mm-hmm. Very Darwinian yeah. in mentality. So, yeah, so, so def- yeah, definitely think Doctor Doom would either bail, and then Gladiator would just basically keep beating the crap of Invincible. And if he got hurt, then you'd have Doctor Fate healing him. Yeah, I think I think it would. Doom would have bounced. You're right. I'm thinking. Yeah, about, yeah I'm going the Gladiator Doctor Fate on this. Yeah, one for me. I agree. You, you've made the you've made the vow because at first I was just like, I I I wasn't sure, but the fact that Doctor Doom really would bounce at the first sight of not being able to. I mean, in, realizing in the, that he's on the wrong team in his head. Yeah. In this scenario, you know, it, it technically they can't leave because it's like, let's say some kind of gladiator pit where even their magic wouldn't allow them to leave. But he'd figure out a way to just make it that he's not really helping Invincible. He's really just doing it for himself. Mm. And once Invincible's out, which I mean, Invincible versus Gladiator would be a really insane fight. Oh, uh, days. Yeah. Days. And, and Doom and Fate fighting would be like you said fate really would have the advantage with his natural ability whereas doom had to you know fight quite a bit to learn mm. his skills like he'd still have tricks and whatnot yeah, but, but i also not- feel that if, if if fate were to like example if you were to drag fate in doctor doom that fate lost his helm and then doom lost all of his okay. armor oh, which yeah. let's be honest like one thing he he is a, a magical person but he's also there's, a there's a lot of science there's a lot yeah. of like you know he has a semi Iron Man suit going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh and you take that away from him, I, I I don't think he'd he'd be able to meet to meet the, yeah, the standards. That's fair. All right. So Gladiator and Doctor Faith for the win. Once again, if you guys are interested in these debates and have your mm-hmm. own opinions, you know, hit us up right in yeah. the comments below yeah. in the episode, you know, tweet, yeah. uh, Instagram, Raven, whichever yeah. way you want to send it over. Or if, or if you and what'd be even more interesting, if you have anything that you're like, no, you guys are 
wrong or you forgot this specific uh, yeah, yeah, like comments, thought yeah. or anything, reference a book. We'll maybe we'll oh, read yeah. it on the yeah, show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You never know if it's that interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I've never I have not read every single Doom, Gladiator, or Doctor Fate story. I've read yeah. every Vin- Invincible one, but yeah, the other three characters I don't know every minute detail. Yeah. So I actually like uh, Gladiator has a kid. Oh yeah, he's he's actually very entertaining. His kids ridiculous. <laughs> it's so yeah, entertaining yeah. though. It's so entertaining. Uh, but yeah, going on to our final thoughts, uh, mm-hmm. and we're gonna wrap this up, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we are reading or discussing Red Hood and the Outlaws, 2016, the Dark Trinity story arc, written by Scott Lobdell and art by Dexter Soy. And this is our our final thoughts. I'm gonna hit you with my final thoughts because they're very short. Go for it. Read it. Oh. Read it because you might have, I might have torn it to shreds with my opinions on it, but I say that as someone that thinks, I, I don't like the writer. I haven't read any other stuff by Lubdell, okay. or maybe I have and I don't know it, but I didn't like how he wrote this story. But the art, like you mentioned before, is great. What the story is building to seems like it's going to be very interesting. Mm. And as much as I don't know if he's the right writer for it, he still might be establishing something great enough that down the road, someone else could take the seeds and build and and plant and grow something better. Mm-hmm. I think I think I, I don't necessarily think he's the greatest writer. I really think there there are things missing from what he what he was trying to tell us. But I think that he's established things. He's built a foundation that can be built upon, can be f- fleshed out. So that, read it. Okay. I, 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 if I was to do my rating on 10, it's like a 6. It, it still passes <laughs> because it's still interesting. Like, I didn't, I didn't read it and think, oh, sweet mother. <laughs> like, there have been comics that I've read and I've, I've like, I've, read the first issue and i put down i was like i don't want to read the rest of this i don't care what happens so this one i actually still cared okay so that's why it gets to six okay uh for me i'll try not to 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 go too much on it uh and i'll I'll give the the bias that i have technically read everything to date yeah um i i agree with everything you just said just read it if you if you like the characters that we talked about uh being well i mean i don't i don't know if uh artemis has been in anything else uh but if you like I could tell you right now, if you've ever been interested in Bizarro, it gets so much better. Uh, not the next story arc, but the story arc after is actually excessively interesting. It's a fun read. It's a quick read. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not, if you're like, oh, I don't know, because sometimes it's all lengthy and long, you're not going to have that problem. So if you're just like, oh, it's a 50-50, if it's, if it's, if it's a fun, fast read, I'll, I'll pick it up. Yeah. I'd say take it that way. And again, like it's it's the future, and I know I'm biased because of it, but it's the future arcs that make it very, very interesting. Oh, see, that's what I was saying. Excessively interesting. I was saying it really is an opening story, and I think yeah. there's there is something to be built here. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, and there and there there's there's some good moments and some some laughs during the. There's, oh, there's some interesting. Batman laughing at the end was hilarious. To oh me. yeah, that was a very that was a great. See, that's the thing. I, I, like if and this is where I think you're right. I think if someone did a red hood comic the red hood alone would be interesting mm. because the scenes he has with batman by himself are are interesting yeah and it's the one time that the the writer didn't piss me off <laughs> like it's the one time that <laughs> it's the one that i was reading and i was just like oh, okay this isn't that bad but then as soon as he started throwing in as 
every single panel with the black mask and red hood together, I was just mad. Every mm. single one. So yeah. that's why, yeah. Right. But I, we, I okay, so you're on, on, uh, on 10. On 10, th- these six issues, I would say maybe a seven. Oh, so knowing only one more than me. It's I know, not, okay, I know. Okay, but but I have a but. But knowing the rest, yeah, it's an eight. N- okay, so seven. I'm saying seven. Yeah, I'm seven. If you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna stick to it, if you're gonna stick to it and get to the end of the, all the arcs, it's an eight. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sell the book. Go out and buy the book. It's good to buy books. I'm gonna <laughs> say it's a seven from him because this episode is only the Dark Trinity arc. So I we can't, we I can't get past it. We're not I'm gonna base it on. <laughs> so that gives it a thirteen on twenty. <laughs> Fourteen if you're gonna finish the end. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. I mean that's fair. Uh, so this episode, that's it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I, I mean, I have one thing to mention for top of the pile slash oh, yes. future pile. Uh, if you guys have heard or haven't heard Fantastic Four is coming back. I'm not talking about this. Uh, that's fine. I'm, I'm but the, fir- the, the first <laughs> family, chilled. the first family of Marvel's coming back. They're going to be coming back. The original team thing. Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, Sue Storm, Invisible Woman and Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic will be coming back in August, I think, 2018. People are somewhat excited. They haven't been together as the the incarnation of the team since 2015. Uh, so, you know, the Thing and Johnny Storm have been around, but the Sue and Reed have been gone with their kids. So some people are very excited, and uh, uh, I could say I'm not. But you're I, not. That's, I mean, that's fair. That, that you know, I, I, the one thing, and I, I don't want to like go too much on a tangent, but like I give it they're like the first family of Marvel and whatnot. Yeah. But you've been sucking the bag for so long, I don't care anymore. See, that's <laughs> the thing. I, that's my opinion, though. But that's because I find each character can be interesting in separately, uh, but somehow when they're together, I sleep while I read. That, that's. I mean. For me, it, it more came down to the the best stories from the Fantastic Four, at you know when they weren't being campy because that's one of the yeah that's, that's one of the problems when you're gonna do kind of a family story it gets a little campy so you know their car for example those four pods that connect and it looks stuff like Not that even. looks stupid and it, it's like you know we why are we doing stuff like that why do they fly around in an open shell so I get that. But when it came to the science, like when when they had the story arc with um, the Civil War, the Fantastic Four Civil War arc, that stuff was interesting to me. The fact that they didn't side with each other, Johnny Storm getting attacked, stuff like that where there's turmoil and, you know, it's a family. So actual family dynamics, not everything is always perfect. And that's one of the things that I didn't like about the Fantastic Four times. They were they are almost too perfect all the time. I, I could see and, that. And Civil War showed us, oh, they're actually not perfect. Yeah. And then that leads me to hopes that Dan Slott, when he's writing this, uh, with Sarah, I, I'm very sorry that I forget her last name, the artist, but I, I'm I'm hoping that they're going to write something where the, the family, you know, Johnny's mad that you, got, you guys were gone for four years. Mm. And the thing is heartbroken that, you know, he was alone. He felt alone because mm. Johnny wouldn't be there for him. He couldn't be there for Johnny. And and I, I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do with the kids because you have Franklin and Valeria. That, is it going to be Fantastic Six now? Like? No, it's Fantastic Four original team. That I mm. very clearly said that. But how are you going to not? How, the thing is with them, how are you going to have a story without the kids? That's uh, How are the kids not going to be part of the team? I'm hoping that the kids aren't there. 
I'm yeah. hoping that because one of the things Franklin's an alternate uh, uh, a reality altering p- power mutant. He's like Wanda, um, okay. Scarlet Witch, and Valeria is super intelligent. She's on the same level as Reed. So are, so they so might hoping, they just might be doing their own thing. Yeah. Because they're intelligent enough to yeah. do it at that age. I really think that they could yeah, just so. be off doing their own thing because they've been gone and, you know, time jumped them for age. I don't know how you want to do it, mm. but, you know, just don't bring the kids back. Cause it, that, and that's always something that's very annoying. Writers always bring in children because they think they need them for stories and pregnancy and stuff like that. I disagree with that stuff. And, yeah, I mean, you know, Friends did it and, and for a, and a great sitcom quote unquote I mean I, I say based on the, the popularity and culture but once they introduced a kid for Ross and Rachel people were just like well that was a mistake yeah. and well, you know it's just like Big Bang Theory now it's it's, it's starting oh is to, one of them pregnant uh, the, I haven't well, watched well, the show in a long time well, uh, oh sorry uh, one of them has a kid yeah and, every, one, and another one's pregnant so you're just like eh. it's always these things that, that children are brought in to move stories forward but as soon as they bring them in writers don't want to write about kids because a lot of them unless you're doing a family show about having a family and kids mm. then you're you're stuck because you're just like well what, what do we write how do we write this well, into a story about four geeks well, no. But that's the real ball and chain, though, when it comes down to it. Like, yeah. you know, when people are like, oh, you're getting married, it's ball and chain. And when it comes to comic books, the ball and chain is when you have to introduce yes. a kid. Yes. Because all of a sudden you have to take everything gets shifted around the yes. kid. Unless you're reading something like, for example, Saga, yeah. where it's like where it's, it's about, built around yes. the kid and then yes. you, you're already starting with it. Yeah. So it's already a, a thing that you're dealing. If and you're dealing with it at the beginning, it's fine. It's when yeah. it gets incorporated after the fact that you're like, well, now you've, you have because you can't just go out like, oh, I'm going to do crime fighting things. Oh, but we have the kids. Yeah. Who's going to babysit yeah, Danielle exactly. Cage? Because Luke Cage and, and Jewel, a.k.a. Jessica Jones are out there saving the world. And sense. it's always just like, I don't know. Why do you guys even create Daniel Cage? Like, anyways, yeah. yeah. And, sorry, we went on another yeah, tangent, yeah, but... Complete tangent. So, uh, you know, for the comic book, 13 on 20, that's our thoughts, our final thoughts. 14, if you want to include <laughs> the whole extra arc. point. But that's a whole other conversation. Uh, if you guys want to check us out on... You can check out the site, franklinarmstrong.com. You can check out all our podcasts. There's a podcast page on the site, so go there. You'll see Geektastic Cypher, and that's canon. You can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at a strong Franklin. You can check us out on Vero under Franklin Armstrong Collective. And you can always hit us up on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Franklin Armstrong, D-O-T-C-O-M. And then Squared Idea, check them out. Yes, please do at uh, square-idea.com. Again, you can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And if, you, if you're if you looking for any uh, names to research in regards to Squared Idea, Mike Wilcox, uh, uh, Chris Nicholson, they have other stuff that they've done, other uh, little projects that they've posted and this and that. So it would be interested to, to get your feedback on that too. So yeah. And what are the two titles? Uh, well, for, for us, it's Trinity still. And then you have uh, Mike has done The Fathom, Perfect. which is a zombie apocalypse story. And uh, they, but they've also done some other like art stuff and and nice. for other um, well other artists uh, in Montreal. So you can always check that stuff out as well. Awesome, awesome. So guys, thank you very much. That's the whole show. We'll be back when we're back. Mm-hmm. We look forward to you guys enjoying this one and future episodes. See Peace. You soon.